0: Barkin' Conversations, a podcast for electricians hosted by an electrician. The Electrical Association is committed to keeping electricians in the know about the latest developments in the industry. Experts will be on to help answer the tough questions, talk shop, and give tips to make your jobs work. Greetings, I'd like to welcome you to another podcast presentation of and Conversations by the Electrical Association. I'm Mike Miller, your host. I would like to thank you for choosing this Electrical Association podcast for one of your sources for information for things going on in the electrical trade. I'd also like to extend a big thank you to Federated Insurance for being our sponsor of this and many activities associated with the Electrical Association. Well, today's presentation features an individual who works for Lake Street Works. I would like to welcome today, Mr. Jess Coikendall, Director of Lake Street Works. Jess, please give our listeners some details about your life and educational experience and your current role with Lake Street Works as their director. Good morning, Mike.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Jess Coikendall with Lake Street Works. Lake Street Works is a 12-month after-school workforce development program. We're in South Minneapolis, and we expose high school seniors to a variety of trades over a 12-month period. Trades like uh, electrical, HVAC, plumbing, uh, carpentry, and uh, about a half a dozen finishing trades, like cement, masonry, floor covering, drywall, plaster, that kind of thing. Of course, that's only half of our program. The other half is based on character development, and we have a full curriculum where we help students find tools to begin their journey of uh, lifelong development, growing into the best version of themselves by working on things like respect, uh, a sense of excellence,
0: integrity, a duty to oneself and their community. Jess, this is fabulous. I had no idea that Lake Street did that much. So Jess, I had the opportunity to check out Lake Street Works online presence and certainly commend the school for an excellent website. It gives the viewer a great idea of the information that's going on, but obviously this organization is fulfilling a great educational need in the construction trades especially. Please let us know what Lake Street is doing. Also, you mentioned character building, that really tweaked my interest because, you know, I visited with a number of educational entities that are, are doing similar things. One of the things that just fascinated me was character building. Could you just emphasize a little bit more about how you do that?
1: You bet. Let me just say that our leadership team has been together as a team with members kind of coming and going over the years for almost half a century in South Minneapolis, working in this same community. And our mission has been the same, for all 50 years. Kids, families, jobs. Kids, families, jobs. We don't do housing. We don't do nutrition. We work with kids, families, and jobs. And the programs that we develop over the years uh, take a variety of shapes and forms. We do athletic clubs. We do uh, stress trips where we take kids out of the city and put them on a bike in the middle of Iowa and ask them what they're made of. We put kids through uh, tremendous physical stress, although no risk, obviously, and uh, we, we help them find out who they are inside, uh, is how we start with some of our kids. So Lake Street Works is uh, sort of the next iteration of these programs where we are trying to develop a community that is self-sustaining, a community that lives and breathes unto its own. Uh, that can support itself both economically, morally, and ideally spiritually as well. So each of our programs focuses on these core values and, and virtues uh, we start with youth, hoping that they will grow to uh, a career that is uh, sustaining a family, capable of sustaining a family. Ideally, they will uh, date within the community. They'll go to date night on Lake Street. They'll shop on Lake Street. They'll bring their kids to school on Lake Street. They'll, this is really who we are and, and what we're hoping to develop. We hope that they make their money here and spend it here, raise their kids here and grow with with. Uh, the community that we hope we can turn into.
0: Jess, this is great. Uh, it's exactly what I was wondering. I, I, I think that that's something that to me, you can't put a value on that. And that's kind of one of the next question that kind of leads into value when it comes to monetary. Like, as we get into the driving forces behind Lake Street Works, financial support is obviously one of the cornerstones to the school's success. So considering students journey through Lake Street Works, What financial inputs are they expected to come up with and what is available to them through grants and scholarships from other entities?
1: That's a good question. And it's actually paramount to how we run our program. We have always been and and continue to be today privately funded. Uh, We go after almost no public funding because we find that public funding tends to come with strings. Uh, There's a ton of transparency required, accounting, tracking, reporting, and these uh, these tasks take administrative overhead. And we would rather put those monies toward the the direct outputs of our programs, which are the students. And so, yes, our program is expensive, because we have a very low counselor-to-student ratio. What I mean by that is we have full-time staff members that are are youth workers by trade, and we assign each youth worker, we call them coaches, uh, 10 to 12 students that they recruit from our local high schools, like South High School, Roosevelt, Washburn, Southwest, and they stick with those students for the full year, ensuring that they explore their career options. And of course, we don't use the J word around here. We, We don't talk about jobs because there are plenty of employment agencies up and down Lake Street. Uh, We do not need to perpetuate that minimum wage, six month job hopping. Uh, We are looking for family sustaining wage earning careers around here. And so uh, when we talk about funding this program for our youth, we, we talk about private funding. We talk about corporate funding, people who understand our vision who who are interested in putting skin in the game and not about putting butts in the seats.
0: Jess, that's interesting because a lot of the schools that I've visited with uh, do have funding from the government. And it's kind of nice to see that you folks are doing it on your own. And I, I guess one of the questions that arises in my mind that I would like to ask is, do you have trouble finding funding among the corporate world? You
1: know, it's interesting. It's very hot and cold. In other words, we, I do probably three tours a week of our facility, uh, three opportunities with either uh, people with personal wealth or corporate entities that have foundations with, with opportunities for, for funding. And either people get it off the bat, they understand that we're not just about trade skills, uh, I come from electrical, 30 years in, in the trade, and uh, so I understand the importance of, of uh, being well-versed in the skills associated with the trade. Uh, but contractors tell us left and right all the time that we should not be concerned with teaching the electrical code. For one thing, they want to teach that. They want uh, unions to teach that. They want trade schools to teach that. So it's taught right. It's taught the way they want it taught. Uh, But for the other thing, it'll probably change by the time students get there to use it. Contractors tell us all the time, look, just give me a kid who will show up every day. Uh, Give me a kid who knows how to work, will show up early, will stay late, a kid who knows how to solve problems without their fists, Uh, a kid who understands communication styles. I speak differently with my uh, site foreman than I do with my customer. So uh, contractors, they are really looking for young labor talent with character and they'll take care of the skill side.
0: Okay. Boy, I I tell you, that's a, that's a challenge. Any way one looks at it. uh, I think education to me, uh, to find somebody that wants to do what you're purporting to do. Wow, I, I, and to stay with it. And that that in itself is, takes a, a real dedication from the staff to make that happen, which I think is really commendable. So an, another driving force we should recognize is the finished product, Jess. Once I've been through your school and I am looking for a trait, is there a, a problem finding jobs among the, for, for the student coming out? He's done his four years in high school. He wants to get into the industry, whether he's a carpenter, a plumber, a drywall guy. Is there a problem finding slots for persons like that coming from your school?
1: I'll tell you, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is, you know, you use the word finished product. We, we, uh, we grew from uh, eight students at the beginning of last year to 23 by the end of our first cohort last year. We have uh, 46 students uh, enrolled for this next cohort beginning tonight, by the way. And we've got uh, 46 on the wait list. It's a big growth. It's quick. It's a little overwhelming, a little scary, but we feel comfortable growing at that rate because we have such great relationships with the unions. We have great relationships with merit shops, not, uh, union contractors. contractors. Business owners are looking for young people with character we everybody knows that the trades uh, were aging out people are retiring people are getting out of the trades so there's a real labor shortage and not only in in electrical but construction in particular in general and so what we do with my background in electrical is i have a lot of existing relationships in construction uh, each of the trades but that's kind of one of my main roles is to ensure that we have true partners that put skin in the game, uh, and we've got some phenomenal partners, people like Egan and Hunt and Gardner, uh, folks that have truly put skin in the game with with Lake Street Works. So we ensure that these contractors get to know our students throughout the year, and so people that put uh, that, that really support us uh, inside and out, not just with funding, but time and efforts and talent, tours, uh, speakers, uh, we ensure that they have an opportunity to get to know our students before they graduate. Because what happened last year was that we had these fantastic partners, these contractors that had been with us for the whole year and saying, oh, I'd like to talk to Victor. I'd like to talk to Daekwon. I'd like to talk to Rashad. I'd like to talk to Barney. These these contractors uh, are getting to know our students before It's time for a job. So the interview is really more of a formality for our students because they already have a relationship with these contractors. And that's one of the things that comes with private funding is public funding. It's it's about who you can get through the program. It's not about the journey that we help our students begin and, and continue with. So, yeah, I think, you know, when you say, is there a challenge getting people lined up? No, we we really haven't seen that yet. The biggest
0: challenge is
1: having the student decide which path they want to follow, not where they're going to start that path.
0: Just with 46 people on a waiting list, one of the things that I wonder, is that waiting list a result of inability to staff the programs to get the people through it? Or is that just that many people that interested in it, that and, and they're coming, you're taking them.
1: It, it's sweet and sour. We are, I am, our, our leadership team is uh, 100% convinced and, and uh, with uh, some progress being made in our community over a 45, 50 year period, that the key, one of the keys is our coaching strategy. We are not trying to uh, swoop in and save Minneapolis. That's That's not the goal. Scaling our business is very difficult because it's about the ratio. It's about one leader who has come from the neighborhood, who uh, has experienced hard times, who has cut their teeth growing up and has a passion for passing that along to the next generation. So it, it, it's, the numbers are, the challenge with scaling isn't so much the size of our building. It's, it's not so much staffing. It's maintaining that ratio because you know in the classroom one of the challenges we have is how are student how are teachers supposed to make true impact when they're trying to guide 28 30 32 students at a time you just can't our coaches get to know the parents the siblings the athletic coaches the school counselors the principals uh, the pastoral team of each of their students we, we surround each student with, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but love. <laughs> we love up our kids and, and help them har- ask hard questions. You know, it's not just about the skills. It's not just about uh, learning about money here. It's, it's about figuring out who you are at your core. And when you have a larger ratio, it's difficult to dedicate the time needed for each of our students
0: to really draw that out of them. So scaling is a challenge. Absolutely. Uh, Jess, one of the things you mentioned that just spurs me on to another question, that's love is what you you make it work with. And and to me, I think all of us can cite some teacher way back when that literally put their arm around us at some of the tougher times we've been through and really developed a, a relationship that said, hey, we can make this. This isn't impossible. I think that's fabulous, and that's, that's what you probably your keys to successes. And, and that also leads me to another question that might be kind of a tough one to answer, but in success, we always have some failures. And I, I don't necessarily want to highlight your failures, but from if you started with 36 people, by the time they went through their four years, how many actually passed through the doors as a success story?
1: Well, I can tell you that one of the things that we do to maintain a a very high throughput, a high uh, output graduation rate. So we began last year with eight students and, and grew to 23, which was much faster than we anticipated. And then we ended up graduating 21 at the end of the year. Of those 21, 18 graduated already having begun their next step meaning they had already been enrolled into Dunwoody Technical College. They had already begun their next career move, whether it was a pre-apprenticeship or full-time employment or uh, another training program following ours. And and I believe that uh, one of the reasons is uh, how we recruit. We look for students who, A, live at or below the poverty level. That is our hard line. But two... We look for students who know that there's something out there. They know there's something next. There must be a way out of this generational poverty cycle that they grew up in. But they don't know what it is. They, they, they know that there are things bigger in line for them out there. They just, just need help finding it. And so when we shine a light on the zillion opportunities available in construction and electrical in particular, we often see eyes go wide, jaws drops. I didn't know you could make that kind of money. I, I didn't know there was that kind of opportunity. I, I just thought construction was swinging a hammer. No, 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 no. Uh, you've got engineering, purchasing, sales, logistics, warehousing, tools. I mean, just tons and tons of opportunities. So, if we were to use the word success, which I, I don't like to use, I think that's a little pompous, but progress, the progress we make, one, it starts with finding the right kids, the kids that they want something more. They're willing to work for it. There's no apathy in our students. Well, that is the first thing we screen out is lackadaisical attitude because we, we work hard here. We have fun, but we expect huge things from our kids.
0: Only way you're going to get it, I think, is when you show them you expect it, but you're there to support them. That's great. I I got a question that's kind of cool. I think I I asked this to a lot of our participants in our podcast, and that's where do you see the program in five years? We've talked about the successes or the progresses you've made with your, your students and whatnot, but where do you see this entire program going in five years?
1: It's a good question. You know, I mentioned the challenge with scaling when we're talking about the ratio of, of youth worker or, or coach to student. So raising, you know, growing that ratio, that's not the path. That, that's not the path for growth. I think our path for growth would be another building maybe. Uh, right now we're on 4th and Lake Street. Our building is about 9,000 square feet. We are starting a remodel here in about two weeks to accommodate the growth we we have seen and, and plan to see. I could see us doing, right now we do kids come two nights a week, and I could see us doing four nights a week with about 45 kids each night. So a total of 90 kids for the year. In five years, I would love to see us be able to serve single mothers. Single teen mothers. I would that is a personal passion of mine, and uh, would really like to see us uh, serve that clientele. I could see us getting potentially working with homeless youth, uh, helping them find their direction. But what we do know is you can't be everything to everyone all at once. We certainly
0: understand that.
1: We are all about stubbing our toe, not breaking it. So we we uh, we're okay making mistakes. We just want them to be small ones. (laughs) So uh, we'll figure out, uh, we'll get good at what we're doing first, and we'll grow a little bit at a time.
0: Jess, one thing we really haven't given a lot of kudos to, and I think it's necessary at least to talk about them, and that's the staff. It sounds like what you're doing with some super kids, some super people are doing it. Tell us a little bit about your staff, where they came from. Is it trouble to keep them? Is it trouble to find more? How's that going? That's a, that's a phenomenal question in that I think that our staff,
1: we call them coaches, uh, they truly are the backbone of our program in that they're not people that are in this line of work for the money. Everybody knows there's no money in, in nonprofit. They're obviously not in it for status. They're in this game because maybe they came from this environment. Maybe they have friends that came from uh, an urban high-risk, uh, high-crime area. Our staff are truly youth workers, and we hire them extremely intentionally. We look for very specific characteristics. For instance, one of our staff members, one of our coaches is a white male in his late 20s, and he's a social worker by trade. One of our coaches is a, an Ecuadorian woman in her early 30s with a family and kids of her own. She's a teacher by trade. So we try to get a real variety of students. We we have another coach who is from East Africa. He has a family of his own here, and his background is construction teaching, construction training. So we try to uh, – we're actually looking for, for another coach here. We try to hire coaches who the students will connect with. That's the goal, not uh, – people they can't identify with. It's one thing to hear that uh, your house is on fire. It's another thing to hear it from a fireman. So we try to have our message given and received from coaches that students can connect with. And so far, we've been extremely fortunate, very blessed with our coaching staff.
0: Oh, it sounds like just to accomplish the things you've mentioned, you would have to have a very dedicated group to do that. And I'm just hoping for your sake, you can continue on that uh, realm. Uh, Jeff, one of the things i like to ask our guests as well is, uh, is there any news events you'd like to share with us that sometimes it's nice to talk about what you do? You've done a great job of doing that already. But is there any news events you'd care to share with our listeners? Absolutely. We are, I mentioned earlier that we are embarking
1: upon a remodel of our building. We're putting about a million dollars into renovating the HVAC, the, the plumbing, the fire suppression, um, electrical, the AV, all in hopes of creating a more adaptable, versatile environment, uh, instructional environment for our students. Uh, we are creating a five-star training workshop. In our basement with huge support from uh, milwaukee tools ideal tools people who truly understand uh, the need and and how we're going about it Uh, one big event is this renovation is starting in august and so we are uh, doing instead of a groundbreaking because it's an existing building uh, we're holding a flag planting ceremony what I mean by flag planting is we've been in South Minneapolis, I mentioned, for half a century, for a long, long time. I grew up here. Most of the people on our leadership team grew up here. I grew up two blocks from here. And in the last, you know, since George Floyd was was killed, it has felt like, I'll say people, I, I don't know who exactly who those people are, but forces are trying to come in and assume this neighborhood, take it away, turn it into something that It's not turn it into a place of um, we are we are stricken with with addiction. We have violent crime like we haven't seen in in 20 years. There's a lot of chaos happening in South Minneapolis right now. And we have felt like someone needs to plant their flag right in the heart of it to tell the community that we're not going anywhere. And. I believe that that's lake street works we're here for our kids we're here for our community our families the construction industry needs labor and uh, we have uh, a fantastic source for that labor and we want to tell our neighbors we want to tell businesses up and down lake street we want to tell law enforcement we want to tell the schools that lake street works is here in south minneapolis to uh, serve our youth and and we're going to plant our flag here because we're not going anywhere.
0: That's on August 1st. I believe that's going to probably stand true. Jess, one thing I like to always give every one of our guests the opportunity to do is to if they would like more information about your organization, possibly for contribution or even have questions about other things we may not have enlightened them on, What's the best way to get in touch with your organization or you specifically for that type of information?
1: If people are interested, um, first of all, I would really only ask people who who think just from this conversation that they, they see what we're trying to accomplish. Obviously, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to a check, but I would hope that people... Are interested in figuring out what exactly we're trying to accomplish here before they want to invest whether it's investing time talent financial if they want to find out more uh, the easiest way is to go to our website lakestreetworks.org all spelled out and if they want to speak with me directly i would love to have conversations my email address is jess it's jess at lakestreetworks.org. We love to get people involved, whether it's through speaking to our students about their personal experiences. Obviously, financial support is always appreciated. But more than anything, we we want people to uh, truly see South Minneapolis for what it can be and help us get there.
0: Well, Jess, I tell you, this this has been really enlightening. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, Most kind of you to share your views and and your perspective on what Lake Street Works really is. And and again, I'd like to thank you on behalf of the entire Electrical Association for doing what you're doing to promote the industry of electrical works. And I tell you, we need it. it. It's something that I think is going to make a difference. Maybe not big right away, but you know what? you're dealing with a, a trade that is growing. It's never gonna stop growing, I don't believe. And I think what you're doing is quite an accomplishment. So, And so another program draws to a close. I think we could probably go on and on learning more and more about what you're doing. And I think it's great, but I'd like to thank you, our guest, Jess Quakendall, for taking time out of his busy schedule to share with our listeners what's going on at Lake Street Works. Thank you, Jess. Are there any final messages you'd like to leave with our listeners? Mike, I
1: appreciate the opportunity to get the word out, to share about what Lake Street Works is about, trying to support the construction industry, and uh, we tell our students all the time that it's not about you. We will love you, and we will train you up, and we will help you with your career, but it's not about you. It's about who you pull up with you. Who's next in line? Is it a cousin? Is it a nephew, a niece? Who is it? That's who it's about. Look out the window. That's what this program is about. And so I appreciate an opportunity to tell your listeners who we are, what we do, and, and why we do it.
0: Well, again, thanks for being here. So I'd like to thank our executive producer, Katie Grahams, for her work behind the scenes to make this podcast happen. Also, a big thank you again to Federated Insurance, who sponsored this presentation. With that, I'd like to wish you all safe travel until you can join us again for another Electrical Association Sparkin' Conversations. I'm Mike Miller, your host. Good day. Sparking Conversations was a production of the Electrical Association. For more information, visit www.electricalassociation.com.